All right, welcome to our next podcast. This podcast will probably only be used uh, for you to learn a little bit more about Psalms. We won't spend a whole lot of time in these in class. We're going to talk a little bit about the Psalms and the wisdom literature. Um, the Psalms are really, really important for uh, us as Christians, um, p- partially because they occupy, they're the, I mean, the Psalms are the largest book in the Bible. Um, they become important because they get quoted by Jesus, they get quoted by Paul in the New Testament. I mean, they're, they're really important, and partially that comes from the fact that the Psalms are really, really personal. They are songs, I mean, that's what the way that they are meant to be, is they are songs that express all kinds of different emotions. I mean, you can find them in a variety of different ways. Um, some of them are about uh, thanksgiving to God. Some of them are about praise. Some of them are about lament and things are going really awful. Um, some of them are about joy and the the incredible measure of what it is that God has blessed us with. So what I thought we would do actually is is we will just take a moment to look at a couple of different psalms. And so what we're going to do now is you're going to hear a couple of different kinds and what it is that they are trying to say to us. So here we go. Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All right, pretty incredible, right? There are a lot of different ways that these psalms sort of get used. Just a couple of notes about them. So they are songs, and so therefore when you are looking through them, you'll see different uh, notes kind of in the sides or at the top of them. Um, Generally, they'll do things like tell you who the author was. Uh, They'll tell you different instructions for the people playing the music. Uh, There will be terms like uh, Salah, that's S-E-L-A-H, which are uh, thought to be some kind of musical designation. Maybe you're supposed to pause there. It's not quite clear what it is that you're supposed to do there. But so they're they're ultimately songs and so are really important. Um, The other thing is is that most of the time, uh, when we think about the Psalms, we also think about the fact that they're written by David. David, the king, is known to be a pretty great musician. I mean, he plays music for Saul while he is king. Um, he's known for composing these uh, really incredible songs of praise to what it is that God has uh, taught to him. And so we'll hear those over and over again. You'll actually see a lot of the ones that are attributed to David along the way. Um, the The other word that I want us to just pay a little bit of attention to in this, 
because they these uh, these show up over and over and over again these psalms and they become really important. There's a one particular word that we use quite a bit, and that word is hallelujah. That's the one with the H, right? Hallelujah, which means very easily praise the Lord, and quite literally it's praise hallelujah, which is that part, and Yah, which is part of that Yahweh. So. Praise the Lord is what we're declaring there. And it, and it is, it's a really important bit because it sort of shows up in how it is that we can lift up praise to God, to sort of uh, uh, force ourselves to look to God with joy. All right, so here is a psalm that is one of those praise psalms. And uh, this one's going to be Psalm 113. It's actually sung by a woman named Sandra McCracken, who um, has done some really good work with psalms. So uh, if you'd like to listen to more of hers, that's Sandra McCracken. I'll include it in the notes on here. But here, just give it a listen. Let's move on to the wisdom literature portion of this. Um, and sadly, this is the part that we sometimes forget quite a bit, uh, which is sort of unfortunate. Um, this is a place that you can find some real insight, uh, some practical advice. The, the concern, especially in, in these books, uh, falls to can we trust, can we learn to trust in God and God's wisdom? Or are we all gonna always gonna fall back to our own, to the to the way the world has kind of taught us to be? If we measure our life by stuff, for example, and money, um, 
we won't truly be blessed or feel very enriched in the end, um, that there are sort of these issues over and over again that, that kind of get lifted up. The book that most clearly shows up when we talk about this is the book uh, Proverbs. And Proverbs uh, always is is meant to be written towards um, young people. It's actually apparently sort of an older person's uh, advice book um, for young people. And so here, let's listen to this passage from Proverbs. Proverbs, chapter 1, Wise Sayings of Solomon, a manual for living. These are the wise sayings of Solomon. David's son, Israel's king, written down so we'll know how to live well and right, to understand what life means and where it's going, a manual for living, for learning what's right and just and fair, to teach the inexperienced the ropes and give our young people a grasp on reality. There's something here also for seasoned men and women, still a thing or two for the experienced to learn, fresh wisdom to probe and penetrate, the rhymes and reasons of wise men and women. Start with God. Start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning. Pay close attention, friend, to what your father tells you. Never forget what you learned at your mother's knee. Wear their counsel like flowers in your hair, like rings on your fingers. Dear friend, if bad companions tempt you, don't go along with them. If they say, let's go out and raise some hell, let's beat up some old man, mug some old woman, Let's pick them clean and get them ready for their funerals. We'll load up on top quality loot. We'll haul it home by the truckload. Join us for the time of your life. With us, it's share and share alike. Oh friend, don't give them a second look. Don't listen to them for a minute. They're racing to a very bad end, hurrying to ruin everything they lay hands on. Nobody robs a bank with everyone watching. Yet that's what these people are doing. They're doing themselves in. When you grab all you can get, that's what happens. The more you get, the less you are. Lady Wisdom Lady Wisdom goes out in the street and shouts. At the town center, she makes her speech. In the middle of the traffic, she takes her stand. At the busiest corner, she yells out, Simpletons, how long will you wallow in ignorance? Cynics, how long will you feed your cynicism? Idiots, how long will you refuse to learn? About face. I can revise your life. Look, I'm ready to pour out my spirit on you. I'm ready to tell you all I know. As it is, I've called, but you've turned a deaf ear. I've reached out to you, but you've ignored me. Since you laugh at my counsel and make a joke... All right, here is a quick run through through the rest of these wisdom literature books. Um, the other kind of famous one that comes out of this is Job. Uh, Job is uh, really quickly, Satan bets that God bets with God that he can get Job to curse God and die. Satan, by the way, in this case, this is one of the few times that we'll sort of learn about Satan. Satan in this case seems to be not um, the same kind of relationship that we're used to, sort of this contrast of good and evil. Satan seems to be sort of part of God's buddies? I don't know. It's a little bit weird. Um, so God takes the bet, um, and then Job is plagued with all kinds of things, and he gets lots of advice from friends, um, and Job speaks with God and is, and is angry at times, is sad at times, and God sort of points out that, look, you're not going to be able to understand everything that happens, and that ultimately I control the world, and I know what it is that will happen. Um, Job is an interesting book because it is an opportunity to think through 
um, what is the problem? How do we deal with the problem of why is there evil in the world? Um, and Job, the book of Job, seems to say, well, the answer comes down to the fact that we can't ultimately know all the things that God knows. So it kind of leaves us in a state of limbo. But going back to that question of trust, can we trust in God's wisdom throughout all of this? Uh, the next one would be Ecclesiastes. Um, there's some really good passages, passages in this. Um, there's a great uh, line in Ecclesiastes 3 about um, there is a time, there's a season for all kinds of things, and that and that's a great passage. Um, the other thing that Ecclesiastes is, I had a professor once that jokingly called it the Eeyore, like the Winnie the Pooh character, Eeyore, the Eeyore of the Bible, because he's just kind of, uh, one of the, the early, early chapters says, you know, vanity of vanities, everything is vanity. And, and it's kind of this idea that, um, you know, everything doesn't really matter. Like there's all this stuff that we get really worried about, but it doesn't really matter. And we spend a lot of our lives on things that don't really matter. Um, so it's kind of like, moo, moo, moo. but it's a good book nonetheless. <laughs> the last book that, that I'll kind of lift up is Song of Solomon. Now, Song of Solomon, um, I don't know if you know this. Most people don't know this because we really don't read the book of Solomon very often. But to be honest, it is a book of love poetry. Um, it's sort of the question of uh, why did God invent um, sexuality and stuff like that. Um, so there's lots of love poetry that sort of happens in this. Actually, the story goes that about your age is whenever uh, uh, Jewish young people were, would be allowed to finally read the Song of Solomon because it was considered uh, sort of risque at the time. So it's a good one to read for all of that. So I think this is a good question. Um, think of, Here's our question for this week. Uh, between the Psalms and between this wisdom literature, uh, for the Psalms, what I want you to think about is think of a song. Think of a song that you really like and tell me what it says. What does it say about you and what does it say about um, uh, the world around us, the things that matter, the things that are important? And then uh, on the flip side of that, with wisdom, I want you to think a little bit about uh, what... What are the things, who are the people that you would consider wise? And what makes them wise? Is it just simply knowing a lot? Or is it being able to live a certain way? All right? All right, so um, we may or may not be able to cover some of this in class, but if if not, it should be make for a good discussion in your family. Um, I'll talk to you all later. Bye.